here we go for the first time, the second and long football podcast. My name is Gabe, and of course I'm joined with my lovely co-host Joe. Joe, why don't you introduce yourself? What's happening, everybody? I'm Joe, and, well, you, you just heard the other guy, so... Right, and we want to give a little background into our podcast, so... This is our podcast where we just talk about all things football. Today, we will be covering, obviously, free agency coming up in about a week or so. And then also some very earth-shattering news. Um, For me, as a Seahawks fan, very heartbreaking stuff as Russell Wilson is now a member of the Denver Broncos. I, you know, always heard the rumors, but I never thought it actually happened. And now, of course, Bobby Wagner's gone. We'll get on to that later. Uh, We're in for a great show. And let's just jump in. Joe, actually, do you have anything to say before we jump right into free agency? I don't think so. I think, you know, I've been I've been doing a little bit of preparation. I got my list. I feel pretty good about the uh, the guys I got. Let's, let's not waste any time. Let's just jump straight into it. I am excited. All right, let's go. All right. Okay, Who, yeah, as am I. So who's let's first? Go with, I'll, go, I'll go with my first one. Uh, I think we can just go back and forth on these. I'll start right. off. Uh, someone that I don't think we need to spend too much time on, but obviously worth mentioning, is Vaughn Miller, right. uh, pass rusher for the Rams, of course, uh, former Bronco for years and years. Um, I think that he'll be ending up back in Denver, uh, but I kind of want to hear your opinions, and let, let's let's hear what you guys say, Jeff. All right, so I, I have the same thing. I have the same thing down. I also think he's going back to Denver. It is a little tricky, though, with Cap for them. They aren't very – they don't have a lot of cap, and obviously due to um, recent circumstances, they have even less now. So of course. I I also do see that door still being open for an L.A. return. Right back on the Rams. Oh, you think he'll go back to – I think okay, – could... man, you saw him cheering with Aaron Donald. I don't think he would have a single problem with just, just a run back, just – Get everybody back and let's go for another, like sort of what the bu- what the Bucks I mean, tried to do, you know. Yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, but I just think his I I could definitely see a Rams reconnection, but I think his number one priority will be back in Denver because he's still got family there. I'm pretty sure he still has a kid there. I don't know the whole situation with the family, but he definitely has family over there, a lot of connections. I remember when he was originally traded away from the Broncos to the Rams last season. Uh, it's definitely uh, bittersweet. It was mutual, of course. There's no there's no bad blood there. We right, know that. no. Um, and I think, honestly, it just would be if the Broncos are able to get him back, I think he could be on a uh, hometown discount, for sure. I don't think he's going to be looking to break the bank. I think he wants to win another Super Bowl with the Broncos. Of course, he won the one Back in what was that 2015 Super Bowl? 2015, 50? yeah. Um, yeah, and I think he's gonna want to have his little uh, setting off, riding off to the sunset, if you will, with the Denver Broncos. Especially now with Russell Wilson, the Broncos are gonna be a favorite to win the AFC West, and I think he'll realize that and want to go back and try to get another ring with the team that drafted. And him. he's already teased it on Instagram. I believe it was the. Uh, yes. Exactly. Would this look good in uh, 58 or 40? Yeah, something like that. Something along those lines. Um, yeah, but I want to I want to hear more on why. So, but besides the whole running it back, is there anything else? Any other reason you think he wants to go back to the Rams? Well, how the fact that they, well, obviously the fact that they just won one, but just the uh, connection that I think he made with those guys in the time that he was there, because like you, 
And you saw what happened in the Super Bowl. That was a reinvigorated Vaughn. So if if oh, he yeah. has he was looking nice in the playoffs. Right. So if he has a chance at a run back, which I seriously think the Rams do, I I don't think he'd hesitate to go back. It would just be difficult with the Rams cap space, but obviously the Rams are smart for an office. They could clearly get get rid of cap space somehow. But I think the Rams. I've heard reports they're trying to get Stafford on a new deal, so I think that's probably going to be their priority for number sure. one at this point. But definitely possible. I could definitely see them going, uh, trying to bring Von Miller back. But okay, so all right, Joe, why don't you hit me with another free agent? All right, let me uh, let me get in here. Okay, the first one that I want to touch on that I felt pretty good about this one. Uh, I want to go right to Allen Robinson. Oh, Jump yeah. down okay, the list good. a little he was, bit. He was my next yeah. guy too. Mm-hmm. No, he he was my number two. Or honestly, I thought about bringing him first because I think uh, I obviously he's not going back to Chicago. No, they so they're letting they're letting him walk. They full on are. They told him that they will let him test free agency. So my prediction for this, and it works with cap, it works with team need. I'm thinking Vegas. Vegas. Okay, I could definitely see him going to Vegas potentially. Vegas doesn't have a true number one. Hunter Renfro is obviously super talented. Brian Edwards showed a little bit of what uh, he has. Zay Jones, super solid guy. None of them are number ones. And to go with that, Allen Robinson has not had a good quarterback in his entire time in the league. Oh yeah. No, I agree. That's what's so hard for me because yeah, he's played with Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky for eighty percent of his career. I don't yeah. I don't know how he's been able to do it and produce, but he's been great. And so that's why for me I'm a little bit torn because I really would like to see him go to Cleveland and I think Cleveland should try to make a play on him. Okay. But with with the way Baker's been playing it is kinda difficult. Now the brand Browns do have a good amount of cap space. They're actually about the same, uh, tied with the Raiders. Close enough tied to right. Raiders with cap space. So you know, it's either of their game to lose. I don't think he'd really want to go anywhere else. I know a lot of people have mocked him to Jacksonville. And while I see that as a possibility, I'm not sure. I feel like he'd want to go someplace new. And I don't think Jack I think Jacksonville's not developed well. enough yet. They're yeah. I think he wants to win. And he, I mean, everyone knows that the Jags aren't in a position to win. Well, yeah. Year. God, how, how old is Allen Robinson now? Allen Robinson, I think he's got to he's got to be twenty or twenty nine. Let me look this up right yeah. now. Um, but not old, but also not young enough to get get money. He's already gotten paid. Yeah, he's twenty eight. He's going to be turning twenty nine in August. Right. So not old, but also not extremely well, young. So he's definitely if he wants to win a ring, now would be the time. Yeah, to as do a, it. as a receiver, you're. Careers don't last too much when you're even in the early 30s. That's when you really start to slow down. When you're, you know, your legs don't work as well. You're, you know, more. Oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? You're more uh, susceptible. There we go to injury. There you go. You're way more likely to get injured. So. Oh yeah, especially someone like Allen Robinson, who's more of a big body guy. And he had an. Can't remember his knee injury too. Uh, that's right. Already has history with injury, and just being a bigger body receiver, it's harder because all these corners and safeties are going to try to hit you harder to bring you yeah. down. So that definitely does not help in his case. Especially he's a receiver too that likes to high point the football, 
and you know obviously that could lead to a lot of injuries getting flipped turn all that oh yeah so he definitely should be looking to win a super bowl and that's why i think the browns are in a better situation than the raiders were especially now with the afc west looking the way it is it's gonna be hard for the raiders to pull out even three wins in its own conference like it'd be hard for them to go 500 against their own conference um and obviously the the browns are no cakewalk either i think the Bengals are obviously going to be back because they have a lot of cap space um, and they just went to the Super Bowl. And of course, the Ravens aren't going anywhere as well with Lamar Jackson. And well, Harbaugh. I think the Ravens, too, they're getting their running backs back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Ravens you know, Gus they had a very fluky, very fluky year last year with injuries. They did. So definitely don't count them out. But point is, I think the Browns, I think they're just a number one receiver and maybe another number two if they want to throw a second round pick on a receiver in the draft as well or even maybe their first round pick on a receiver in the draft um i think that's their only real weakness right now if they're able to bring back a lot of their core from last year okay. and <laughs> clearly it seems like B- baker mayfield's hot and cold on a year-to-year basis so he was cold last year so who knows maybe he will end up being hot this year and the browns could actually go pretty far so um but i there's think there's a chance yeah for me i was there's there is yeah. a chance but if Allen Robinson's just looking for good quarterback play. I would definitely say the Raiders are going to be a better place for him because uh, Derek Carr is just a very consistent quarterback, it seems, at this point in his career. Now, he had that one year a few years ago where he was the top five QB, it seemed. Um, but ever since then, he hasn't been able to – he had got that injury that one year, and ever since then, I feel like he's played a little – not quite his old self, maybe a little bit more timid. I don't know. Um but right. more consistent. So if he does want consistency, I would say Vegas is the way to go. Well, yeah, and and not only but, that. Remember that they were a they were a playoff team this year. Vegas was, and sure, it was were, by but... the skin of their teeth. It was by ab just barely. But that oh, yeah. being said, Allen Robinson, he would reinvent that offense, in my opinion. Darren Waller. Allen Robinson, Hunter Renfro, with the run threat of J- Josh Jacobs, that... Oh, yeah, I can't forget about Josh Jacobs. What was that? I said you can't forget about Josh Jacobs. Not at Jacobs. all. Not at all. So, I feel like that combination, that could compete with anyone in the AFC West. I Yeah, I hear you. It's definitely possible, but like I said, I guess we'll just have to wait and see when the whole Raiders roster is put together. And I got a couple more free agents, I think going to Vegas I think Vegas might be a little bit busy in free agency especially now with their new head coach Josh McDaniels so it'll be interesting to see what they do um but so I want to move on to our next free agent and that is going to be Teron Armstead the big like freak offensive lineman you never really see these types of players hit free agency but just because of the cap hell (laughs) situation that the Saints are in they gotta let him go and so I think this is a great opportunity for a couple teams to make a run at a top three, five tackle. I mean, I mean he could be in the conversation for the best tackle okay. in the league. For, I don't know. have a, I don't have a, uh, I don't have a prediction for this one. Let's hear it. All right, I got you. I actually have two, so I want to kind of hear your thoughts okay. on this. So first, I think the Bengals should definitely be making a play at him with their cap situation okay. and just the fact that they're. An offensive line away from being, uh, continuing being an elite. I'm, sm- team. I'm smelling but what another... you're cooking. Okay. 
Yeah, but an another team I could see making a big run on him is actually your Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh. I see he could want, might be wanting, you know, Brian Bulaga, the signing didn't work out. Um, you know, he's just got too much in injury concerns, and, you know, I don't think the Chargers medical staff has really proven to be great with dealing with injuries, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, I definitely think the Chargers have the cap space. They have the young team they just re-signed, Mike Williams. So they're keeping him in-house, and that's a great pairing with Justin Herbert. You know, got the, how tall? Mike Williams, what, 6'4", 6'3"? Right. Paired with 6'6", Herbert. It's pretty easy to fit a ball in there. Uh, and I just think Teron Armstead is definitely going to want to try to win. I think he's going to be 30 this upcoming season, or 31. Yep. And he's going to want to go to a team that he can compete for a championship with. And I think those two teams are the best teams that could, A, pay him the 20-plus mil that he's going to want to get. And, B, they're able to attract him with a potential ring. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, my thoughts. Bengals, love it. They, you can take anyone out of this free agent pool, and it's an upgrade on their offensive line. But... Chargers, I'm I'm a little here and there. Just because No. I, I don't feel like we're ready to pay a lineman that much due to how much help our defense needs. Mm, yeah, I do have a couple uh I think I might have a couple defensive linemen potentially going to LA. So I I definitely I mean And it is that front I core mean, that needs all that help. Our secondary is yeah. fairly solid. Minus Nazir Adderley, you could you could debate on whether or not he's a, a true defensive piece, whether he really helps or not. But if we can save a little bit of money and get some of that, uh, get that front seven worked on a little bit, because we still do have a decent spot in the draft. And last year we got a uh, Rashawn Slater on an absolute snag, perfect pick. They might be able to make something oh, yeah. similar was... happen again. I mean, obviously you would hope, but I mean, we saw just Rashawn Slater and Tristan Wirfs come in in back-to-back -back years and just absolutely dominate their positions. I don't think it's really, it's hard to count on that happening again because, I mean, the fact that they happened back-to-back, -back, the fact that happened once is rare to see in back-to-back. -back. It's pretty impressive, but I mean, the thing is with uh, the Chargers, I think they might want to bring them in because, you know, part of the reason they lost that essentially playoff game against the Raiders, I know it wasn't technically week 18 it might as well have been max crosby yeah max crosby just obliterated what storm norton is the guy he had i don't out want there. to talk about so storm I, think norton. Want, <laughs> I think they're going to want to look at that and realize okay we might need to upgrade obviously there are some lower level guys you can plug in there but i think if you can add uh if you can add um tron armstead into that mix offense line you have because Rashawn Player plays left tackle, if I'm correct, and so you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to ask him to play right, which who knows he might not want to do. I think he would be up to the challenge. I think he'd be talented enough to play right tackle. So if you have those, that duo in Los Angeles, that's gonna be hard to get a pass rush on your young quarterback. Justin oh, Herbert, it would be. And help helps him out, helps him stay healthy, helps him stay upright. It's gonna make that offense elite with him throwing the ball to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And I think it's honestly. I don't know. As much as I love the Bengals, I think the Chargers with that offensive line could uh, really make the Bengals put a run for their money, and especially too in the right, division. Right. Yeah. They could challenge now. 
now the Broncos seeming to be uh, the head of the division. I think the Chargers could really make a run for the division, and they're going to have to be aggressive if they want to make a run at that title for their for their. Division. Well, that's true, but the and obviously, I would not complain for a second if we just so happen to get uh, Teron Armstead. But that being said, you gotta spend on those defensive pieces. Mahomes, Wilson, everything happening with Carr, and maybe Allen Robinson. We'll see. Just a little, little, little jab. Just get that, get that in there. But yeah, Never know. You, you don't, you don't, you don't until it happens. Because that—that's why these are predictions. Because absolutely anything is possible. But you, you need to bolster that defense to compete with these guys, especially getting a pass rush on Wilson. Because we know what happens to Wilson when the offensive line just completely breaks down. Okay, I hear you. So you're teasing adding to the defense. So do you ha- is there anyone in mind specifically that you think the Chargers should be adding to that defense that you wanted to talk about? Uh, not specifically as of yet. I have uh, a, I have one in mind. I have one. But it's actually a uh, well, just someone that I've heard teased, heard the potential, but it, it's not a front seven member. It's a secondary member. Oh, okay. So add into their, I'd imagine the cornerback room, the right? The cornerback room. They really need much safety. JC Jackson. JC Jackson. There it's, it is. All right. It's JC Jackson and uh, the chargers. And I want to say it's two or three other teams are, uh, are interested in him. And, I, yeah, I heard the 49ers are interested, but, I mean, if you get into a bidding war, I feel like the Chargers are going to be able to easily win that over the Niners. As of right now, obviously they're going to make some changes to their cap, but they're actually in the negative As right of now. right so now, the Chargers yeah. definitely have the advantage. The Chargers definitely have an advantage on that. So, the reason I think J.C. Jackson would be a perfect addition, last year, going back to that, uh, that amazing draft, struck gold with Asante Samuel Jr., Super solid, lets almost nothing past him. The weakness was the other side. And uh, I, I'm blanking on the name of the corner we have out there. You had Chris Harris in the slot. who I Chris Harris uh, was less than, I, less than ideal, uh, yeah, to say the least. Less than ideal, also meaning burned every other play. Chris Harris is he is well past his prime and I believe this is also a contract year for him so I will be holding the door. But oh yeah, there's there's absolutely no way Chris Harris to come back. I'm pretty sure you guys just signed him on one to your deal however long. But it's definitely he's definitely in contract year. He's on his way out. So Chargers could be looking to also add a slot corner in there, I would assume along with JC Jackson. More than likely, I would I would see it. I I can see it and I would love to see it, because our our slot needs help. Our slot needs a lot of help. Oh, yeah. But clearly you need outside help as well to allow Asante Samuel to develop a little bit more as well, have him be the CB2 rather than the CB1. I think that would be helpful for a young corner, especially corner is such a difficult position to play in NFL these days. It would be, and and he showed out a lot this year. A lot. He was... I believe, oh, what was it? The game that he had two picks. I believe it was against uh, against Kansas City. I want to say it was week three. Yeah, I know. I know. Early in the season, he played pretty well and then kind of dropped off a little bit, but he came out hot for sure. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, but like I said about that development, uh, you know, it's come out starting off hot, looking great. Ends a little cold, so I definitely think uh, having another corner in there that that would be pretty good for me. J.C. Jackson, I could see him. Uh, I did have him going to Chargers potentially. Okay. Uh, and another team that. I'm not sure. I haven't heard any reports about this, so that kind of makes me think he probably wouldn't go there. But it'd be interesting to see uh, the Jets throw some money at him. Ooh, okay. The Jets, the Jets have had their cornerback struggles for the past five years, it seems. It seems like their last solid corner was Darrell Revis years ago. Yikes. And so I think they finally need <laughs> yeah, they need to finally upgrade that defense. You know, Robert Sala he comes in last year, supposed to be this great defensive mind, and then just doesn't have the defense that you would expect out of someone like Robert Salah. No. And so I think for him, he's definitely going to want to try to target someone in the second. Actually, I, I have him assigning a couple guys in the secondary. I definitely think one of the safeties on the market will end up uh, in New York, whether that be possibly I could see Marcus May making a return. Um, but there's actually a few safeties out there that I think would be in play. But they definitely need an alpha corner to help out because they have a bunch of young guys, but they need a true alpha veteran corner in there. And I think JC Jackson fits the bill. He'll get to play against his former team, which, you know, I don't know. always seems to be kind of fun. It I'm does sure like, like a stick, players... like sticking it to him. Like you, lo- you let me yeah, walk a little, a little bit, get him to play twice a year is a nice little revenge for these players to kind of show that coaching staff that they made a mistake. Um, and so I think, J.C. Jackson, obviously, it all depends. He's young, so I don't think winning is going to be as important to him because he's still got uh, plenty of time to play in the league. I think he wants to get paid, and so that's why I do think going to the Chargers would work out because they will be able to pay him. Or, But that's why I also think the Jets would be a great spot too is because he can go in there, be the alpha, coach up these young guys, and also be getting paid a lot of money to do so as a well. A lot of money because they're, let's see, fifth? In cap space, they they have plenty uh, of room to top five easily. I, th- I think they're yeah, top forty eight mil. They have forty eight mil right now. There they go. got more than enough to work with. S- sign him yeah, long term. Plenty of room. Plenty of room. So I definitely think obviously the Jets are going to be looking at offensive linemen as well. But I think after offensive linemen, you're going to be looking at corners for 100%, sure. Hundred percent. So another player that I want to look at right now is so um so we all heard about the Russell Wilson news, Bobby Wagner news. Seahawks have just cleared a boatload of cap space. So someone that I want to talk about potentially going to Seattle that I haven't really seen mocked to Seattle that much is Ryan Jensen, the center from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the market. I've heard him uh, going to Pittsburgh among a couple other teams, but I definitely think that he might end up in Seattle. Uh, okay. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any predictions for Ryan Jensen right Ryan now? Ryan Jensen, I don't have any, but I, I really like that, and I like that yes, because and- of how weak the interior was last year. Yeah, it was not as as a Seahawks fan, it was not good to watch Ethan Posick out there, um, especially because he's like injured half the time as well. And I think the reason why I think. Ryan Jensen would appeal to Pete Carroll so much is okay. You trade away Russell Wilson. Pete, we know Pete Carroll is this huge, loves the run game, and J- Ryan Jensen is not just one of the best run blocking offensive linemen on the market right now. He's a top five run blocking center in the league, um, and so I definitely think that that's going to be attractive to Pete Carroll. 
and he'll see that and want to realize, hey, if we're going to run the ball, hopefully Seahawks bring Rashad Penny back. Um, as he broke out in the last later half of the season, last six games, had like 700-plus yards. And so I think, and that was with that bad offensive line, so if you put a good offensive line in front of Rashad Penny, especially with Ryan Jensen, I definitely think that that could go well for the Seahawks, even if the quarterback plays in Super Bowl. Oh, that great. could go amazing. That, I really love that prediction. It it just fit, absolutely fills that need completely. And I... I yeah, especially it's a hole they've had since ahead. Max Unger left all those years ago. Oh, man, what a what a terrible trade! It was that, that was so awful. We wasn't that uh, that wasn't Jimmy Graham, was it? It was yes, it, it was Max Unger and a first. Yikes uh, for Jimmy Graham, Yikes. and then maybe some other maybe some other stuff from there. But yeah, so uh, for those of you who don't know, way back probably like in 2014, 2015, the Seahawks sent. Uh, that package of Max Unger, who's a top, I mean, what would you say, top five center in the league Easily. at the time, probably. Easily. And, yeah, and a first-round pick. And I'm pretty sure the first-round pick that the Saints used on that was actually pretty damn good. I, I don't recall the player, but it definitely wasn't someone, definitely wasn't a wasted pick. And it was for Jimmy Graham. Yeah. So, this was... He, was, he was fun to watch, but definitely not worth it, I don't no. think. And Jimmy, the one thing Jimmy Graham did do is... Uh, red zone touchdowns. I want to say he had like 11 in his first year with the Seahawks. But uh, thing is, that was it. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. He he started off strong, you know. Uh, I know he got injured in his second or third year with the Seahawks, and ever since then, it just wasn't it. And then he comes out, plays for the Packers, has this weird vendetta against the Seahawks. Well, I guess like we were talking about earlier, sometimes nice to show teams, you know, that you should have been paid, and he comes out and converts that third down against the Packers a few years ago in the divisional round. So, n- not a huge nope. fan of Jimmy Graham, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's fair okay. to say. But yes, Ryan Jensen, I do think, going to the Seahawks, it makes sense. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. Pete Carroll and John Snyder haven't liked to pay money in the past. They aren't really big spenders, but I think there seems like they're clearing a lot of cap space. I think after the Russ Wilson Bobby Wag- Russ Wilson trade, Bobby Wagner release, the Seahawks should have the most cap space in the NFL, and so we should hopefully be making to look a couple splashes in the in the free agency market. Especially, hopefully now we can finally address the offensive line, which is something we've been neglecting for years. Yeah, bit big free agency splash. Like you guys have a choice. <laughs> yeah, it's either that or we're getting the top it's five a, picks. It's either that year, or you so. have fun rolling with uh, Drew Locke and Dwayne Eskridge as your uh, main offensive weapons. You, you know, we'll, we'll get into the Seahawks we will, we later, will. obviously, with the Russ Wilson trade. But, yeah, it is, it's it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Seahawks, for sure, for sure. All right. I, All right, let's see. I have two that I really want to talk about. Okay, let's and. Right, yeah, this is another Chargers, another Chargers prediction. It's two players. Okay. I don't think we're going to get both, but I think there's a solid chance of getting one. So, first up, running back out of Atlanta, Cordero Patterson. Cordero that is number one. Okay. Who I have heard a ton of buzz about. I have heard a lot of buzz hanging around Cordero Patterson and the Chargers. Filling that need of giving Eckler's legs a break without putting in a guy that wouldn't be on any other team. It it works really well. It's a guy that can catch passes. 
which is what Herbert needs the most. We were plagued with so many drops, especially in that Week 18 game against the Raiders that I still haven't recovered from. But the other guy, same kind of qualities, also fits a huge need that we're going to have, will cost, I believe, in my opinion, a little bit less, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Now that is an interesting fit. Let me me hear about Zach Ertz. So, this is a contract year of 4,000-year-old Jared Cook. And that I, with every fiber of my being, want that man to walk. He... Not not a good year. Not a good year. Especially not in that last game with, I believe, two or three goal line drops. Drops that would have resulted in touchdowns. That is, that is tough. And he's he does he doesn't move well anymore. He can't block to save his life. I'm excited for that man to move on. If he goes somewhere else and serves a backup role, okay. Or even on the off chance. The off chance that he stays, he would be a good backup piece to Zach Ertz. A little bit more well-rounded, a little bit bigger, with just as good, if not better, hands. In my opinion, better with his uh, showing on the Cardinals this year. I think Zach Ertz compared to. Are you talking about Zach Ertz compared? Zach to Ertz Cook? compared to Cook, yes. Oh yeah, Zach Ertz easily. Has I think hands. when I think when Zach Ertz left and got sent to the Cardinals. I think he was a little salty about the whole situation when he was in uh, Philadelphia before when it was sort of him versus Dallas Goddard and Dallas Goddard ended up winning out. I think that was his uh, little revenge tour, bumping up his stock, saying, hey, I still got a few decent years left, whereas Jared Cooks was like, what retirement home near me has openings? I... I love Zach Ertz to the Chargers. And the Chargers do, obviously, with Ertz, have a history with, like, Hertz, Antonio Gates. Not Hertz. What am I saying? With uh, Jared Cook and Antonio Gates, we have a tendency of being able to make older tight ends at very least work. At very least work them in and have them play pretty well. But Zach Ertz isn't just one of those same older tight ends he can serve a much larger role, similar to Hunter Henry, in my opinion. Okay, so you, you could see Zach Ertz flexed out in the slot. 100%. Then. He did that all the time which I, in I, uh, oh, yeah. which, in Arizona. Which, for sure, I think, especially because of the fact that, you know, he's never been this great blocker in his career, and especially now, in his later career, probably not a big fan of blocking, so I could definitely see him wanting to be flexed out in the slot. And yeah, I agree with you. I think that would be a great fit. I think the Chargers could use him. Um, him pairing with, I, if you guys bring back Donald Parham, which I think the Chargers will and should do. Cause they I think should he's do. Just a restrict, he's just a restricted free agent, so whatever he gets offered, the Chargers can just match. Yes, which I, and, I believe but, he has recovered from his concussion, too. Okay, yeah. and But I am just worried because I think the Cardinals are going to want to try to keep him back, especially with you know, Kyler Murray and his little letter that his agent wrote uh, wants to get paid, but he also wants to have a good core around him. I think Ertz did well enough in Arizona for them to want to bring him back. And also, you know, they want to bring him back possibly to keep Kyler Murray happy because they want to have this 
pass-happy offense. So I think making sure that you have these targets down the field or an intermediate part of the field too is definitely going to be important, especially when you're going to be losing Christian Kirk in the slot. Uh, having someone like Zach Ertz stay around would probably be beneficial for the Cardinals, but that is if they're able to match the offer that he could potentially be getting from the Chargers if they do extend an offer to him. That's very true. But with the Cardinals, they're in a hint more of cap trouble than the Chargers are in. The Chargers would easily be able to make a much more appealing offer. Exactly. The Chargers definitely have the flexibility to outbid the Cardinals if it comes to that. Um, And I do think that uh, Zach Ertz is going to want to win. And like I said, with the other free agents, a lot of these players are going to be looking at the Chargers with Justin Herbert as a potential place to go to to win um, and get one last ring before they retire. Now, I don't think Zach Ertz will retire crazy soon, but I do think he's looking, wants to get another ring, um, and he was such a good contributing factor to the Eagles in that playoff run and the Super Bowl that I think he's going to want to look at, at a team and be the focal point of that tight end room, not necessarily as the offense because it's receiver league. Right. And I don't think he's got the talent yet to, or the talent anymore to be the focal point like he was back in Philadelphia. But besides the point, I definitely think that that could be an interesting fit there. Yeah. And now Cordell Patterson though is gonna is an interesting discussion. As I didn't really put much thought into Cordell Patterson because personally I just kind of assumed he would make his find his way back to Atlanta just because you know they were the first, Arthur Smith first coach that was finally able to actually unlock Cordell Patterson. So do you think that uh, Brandon Staley and that coaching staff are going to be able to use Cordell Patterson in the same type of manner and reach his potential like the Falcons were able to do? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. With uh, I. I believe it's Joe Lombardi is our uh, OC. Yeah, he can. Sounds right. The way he was able to use our guys just this year, absolutely he could work Cordell Patterson in. Because he's a, uh, the way that I sort of think of uh, Cordell Patterson, he's the, and this is sort of a little little bit more inside football uh, for for those listening. Uh, This is a Ty Montgomery that worked. This was a oh god yeah. yes Ty and oh yeah. my god I, I forgot about Ty Montgomery but yes I I hear what you're saying receiver turned running back I got you. and the ability to split those roles and to do both yeah I think Cordell Patterson can serve that role also we could use a better returner because while KJ Hill and uh, uh, Joe Reed did okay. We didn't have much of a return game last year. And Cordell Patterson can completely take that over as that's what he does historically. He He's one of the great returners of the uh, the 2010s. So I, I love the fit. And like I was saying earlier, he can give Eckler a break. Eckler has to play so much for us to have a dynamic run and pass game. Joshua Kelly, who is our third string running back, can't catch. Like, if I was just 10 yards away from him and I underhanded it, I'm pretty sure I would watch that ball roll around on the ground. I love Cordell Patterson to the Chargers. And I've the reason I bring him up is because I've heard buzz around him and the Chargers specifically. I haven't heard any buzz around any other team, just the Chargers. Or the Falcons. It would be end up being one of the two in my in my mind. 
Yeah, that would make a lot of sense because I think uh, a lot of a lot of other teams might be looking at Cordell Patterson as pot potentially just one-hit wonder. So that's why I s kind of assumed he would want to go back um, to Atlanta. But the thing is, Atlanta is not in a great position cap-wise, as I believe what Matt Ryan is going to have a forty-eight million dollar cap hit this Yikes. year. Yeah. So I definitely could see I definitely could see the Falcons letting him walk just for the fact that they don't have the money to be able to pay yeah. him. They're and I don't, I, I don't think it'll cost a lot either. Though I think he was, the reports came out. He's looking for like six, eight mil around that range. So it's not even going to be a crazy number for the protection that you could potentially be getting. For the, uh, for the fiscal side here, the uh, Falcons right now are sitting at negative seven, negative seven mil. There you go. Not great. So they would have, they would have to clear that and probably another seven mil to keep him on the lowest end of what he would want. Which is possible. You know, teams can always magically seem to create cap out of thin air, but I don't think bringing Cordero Pat Patterson back might not be in the plans for this coaching staff, as I think they're going to try. Obviously, looking to rebuild. Falcons didn't have a great season last year. Uh, definitely going to look to try to get a quarterback, I would imagine, in this year's draft class. Maybe not if they don't like any of the quarterbacks, but definitely looking to rebuild, and it is kind of hard to see uh, Cordero Patterson in a long-term future with the Falcons. And like we've been talking about before, if he wants to win, I don't think he would view Atlanta as a place to win. And so he might want to go to a place that he could potentially get that ring. And actually, let me let me float this out there too. Say uh, say Cordero Patterson does walk. Say he goes to the Chargers or, or not the Chargers. Just let, Let's just say he goes to anywhere. Just goes anywhere. How about Leonard Fournette? To, to the, the Falcons. Falcons. If they're able to clear up to a little bit more cap, how about that? That would definitely be an interesting signing, and I could definitely see him working there because I do think Arthur Smith has the mind to be able to make these running backs work, especially Arthur Smith working with a running back like Derrick Henry in the past. You know, similar physical play style that Leonard Fournette has. So I would imagine that... Uh, Arthur Smith would invite Leonard Fournette to come, but like I said, it seems even though Leonard Fournette is young, um, you know, as soon as he got released from the Jaguars, he went right to the Bucks, which were you know looking to be this super team at the time, and it worked out because he did get a ring down there. So I'm just not sure how much of a ring chaser he is, but I definitely do think if the Falcons are going to pay him, and if they're able to create that cap space, I think that would actually be a great fit. That I haven't actually thought about until just now you yeah. mentioned it because I hadn't considered the Derrick Henry connection there with Arthur Smith and that offensive line is you know I'd say about midway they're definitely not bad they could definitely you know put up a good wall in front For of them sure. and, and to to you know, your other point just just real quick if he is a ring chaser he got it he already did it he he yeah. won that's like that's he, a good point. They they did play playoff Lenny happened and it was good and it so was, maybe it he was, just want to get some money. I now. would argue it was fantastic, but okay. I think if he if he's a ring chaser, I think he's looking at uh at his ring finger and he's thinking, you know, now it's time to go more set a legacy than just chase another ring because that's you know a lot of guys that retire without one. It's like you know and. It also depends on, like you said, how much that means to him. And how much also yeah, being I mean, it, a part of one means to him. 
I definitely think, uh, as far as just stats are concerned, you know, I definitely think he would be the most productive on the Falcons versus like a lot of different places because they're going to be looking for a running back, and especially because you know they have Matt Ryan, who's a little bit older, was never really good in the red zone. So I definitely going to think they would want to hand the ball off to him a lot in the red zone, and he could just be an absolute touchdown machine for the Falcons, kind of similarly to what. James Conner was this year for the for the Cardinals, it seemed. Every time they were in the red zone, he was getting a touchdown. But also, Leonard Fournette could do more than just that. He can also... It seemed like he was able to catch the ball better when he was down in Tampa Bay versus when he was in Jacksonville. So that's definitely something he's worked on. So he could potentially be a feature back all three downs. Absolutely he could. Absolutely. All right. So I definitely could, definitely could see that. But yeah, uh-huh. I don't know about you. I have one left that I really want to talk about. So if okay. you have any others, like like a little bit of a speed round, I've got a couple. I Well, I don't have a couple. I have I, one. I have one that I want to bring up because I thought about it earlier, and it got me excited. I think it could really pan out. But if you want to do like a little speed round, uh, you have the floor. Yeah, we should def- definitely right now do a speed round. Yes. Okay, I'll. Uh, I think we definitely gotta talk about some quarterbacks real quick. For sure. And there are four I want to quickly talk about, and those so three that are having a lot of buzz, being Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, um, and uh, Mitchell Trubisky, are the three that have a lot of buzz. But one quarterback that I feel like that's flying under the radar a little bit, that could potentially be signed and even be a starter, is Marcus Mariota. His two-year tenures up with the Raiders, and I think he's going to be looking to find a home. So I kind of want to hear your thoughts on those quarterbacks and if you have any predictions on those guys. Funny you mentioned that last guy. Funny, funny how you just snuck that in there, because that was exactly the guy that I have been thinking all day about. Ah, uh, there's your little sneaky guy. To Seattle. Yes, yes, I love that fit. I think that is it's great. It's perfect. I'll, I'll, I, every part of me thinks like this could work so well, especially if they're able to get a guy like you said, Ryan Jensen earlier. If they can, and maybe, like fingers crossed, retain Dwayne Brown. If they can put up some guys, and you have the uh, what is it, the number nine pick now. You, yes, that, that you have a little bit of an guys. offensive line with a guy like Mariota that can move. Also, if you want to make newly acquired Drew Locke work, what they did in uh, uh, Denver, they didn't take that chance, and that's why they that's why they had Teddy, they uh, Teddy Bridge quarterback, as they uh, so affectionately call him. I think, <laughs> as yeah, he is. I, I mean, you know, if the shoe fits, slap that thing on. But Marcus Mariota also has – he plays like a he plays like a young Wilson, sort of, which is weird given that he's so late into his career, but he's – and I think he could work so well as a starting quarterback now because the way the Raiders used him, because obviously Chargers watched a little bit of Raiders last year, they would only put him in on quarterback runs. They didn't res- – I don't. I, I. I. do remember that. That was. They didn't respect his ability to throw at all, and he was. He's never been an awful passer. He's. He's. 
No, you re- I, I, I remember he got a start when so the first time with the Raiders. This was two seasons ago. He actually got a start because Derek Carr was injured, and he looked pretty sharp as a passer, honestly. He made some nice throws in that I game. I want to say that was against uh, the Chargers. I feel, I feel because like I think been. I remember that game, and I think I remember yeah. thinking, why can't we stop Marcus Mariota? <laughs> yeah, he's only tw- – like, he's – Already have seven years in the league. He's 28 years old. Uh, he came into the league at a young age, out of Oregon. And you know, I I also agree that I think Marcus Mariota might want to come up playing the Pacific Northwest again, like he did in his college years. And it definitely would be a nice little replacement if uh, if the Seahawks are looking to get. Obviously, Marcus Mariota isn't near the capacity as Russell Wilson, but if you want to get a similar play style and just get a quarterback that has a high floor because of his running ability, he doesn't always have to rely on right. his arm if he was just a pocket passer. I definitely think that Mariota in Seattle could be a good, I mean, bridge quarterback most most likely, but if he is able to develop, then he could he does have you know a high upside being the former number two overall pick back in, uh, what was it, 2015? I believe so. Yeah, and so uh, and I've seen a couple people talking about Jameis Winston going to Seattle, but I think Mariota makes a little bit more sense. Personally, um, I, I, I don't like that at all. The Jameis to Seattle? No, I, I strongly, if Pete Carroll can hear me, please, please do not bring yeah. Jameis into Seattle. I think, uh, I think Jameis will hopefully... He could end up back in New Orleans, but I think also, I, I'm not sure if this will happen, but I think it would be interesting if he found his way back to Tampa Bay to reclaim his starter spot Ooh. at the quarterback. Now that Tom Brady's gone, that's a good story. I think that could be. That's a good story. That that's could, that would be a fantastic storyline. Could be and written better. It makes sense. I know, and especially too, I know. Uh, when Jameis originally left, I don't think there was any bad blood because he was replaced by Tom Brady. And so his mindset was, oh, they ran me out of town, but it was because the greatest of all time was coming in. I must be pretty great if that's the only person that can replace me down in Tampa exactly. Bay. Exactly. So I don't I don't think there's any bad blood. And I think Bruce Arians, again, Jameis Winston, I believe is probably also 28, 29 years old, along with Mariota. And I think um, – He's had some time to kind of, you know, when he was in college and even in high school, everyone talked about how great he was as a quarterback. And obviously he was in his time at uh, at Florida State, uh, comes into league and just, you know, does not is not able to kind of do what he he used to do. He was always so talented. So he was able to, like, throw these balls into tight coverages and get away with it. Um, Even the season when he had like 30 interceptions, he still had like another 15 passes that could have been intercepted that year. And so I think he kind of – and you definitely saw a different Jameis last year with New Orleans before he got injured. He was a, more cautious with the football, it seemed, uh, taking what was open, uh, not forcing the ball into double coverage. And so I think he's – I also think that Jameis is primed to start again in this league. I think he's definitely a top 32 quarterback. Um, and I also believe Mariota is a, is a top 32 quarterback. Um, and so I think both those guys are ready to come out of their – couple years uh slump i guess Jameis did start but you know he had that year off and then he got injured this past year so he, he had a good half season or so but i definitely think these two are ready to uh take a step up with some new teams and you know maybe even an old team and uh if Jameis says return to uh tampa bay i i would like it for the poetry i would like it for the poetry and i do fear I, him and going back and being 
and dudding again. That that kind of scares me. In the event that I mean they, because that would shatter any Tampa Bay legacy he has. That would just okay. So him and Tampa Bay just will never work. It is, but you know you don't know until you try. I guess you so don't. I think I it's guess definitely you don't. it's definitely worth it's definitely worth both of them to sign a one year deal. Because if Jameis signs a one-year deal and he plays great, then he can sign a bigger deal after that. Or if he signs a one-year deal and he doesn't play great, that's great for the Bucks front office because then they could just let him go after that. And I think he did great in New Orleans, but uh, Sean Payton's now gone, so I'm not sure um, exactly how much Jameis has tied to New Orleans because I feel like uh, he was tied to Sean Payton a lot. And obviously they're not going to be able to pay him because I think he will want a decent bit of money Nothing crazy, but I don't think New Orleans will be able to offer him the money that he's looking for. Highly doubt it. But the fact that they're more than likely going with Taysom Hill also scares me. Yeah, not great. I think if you're the Saints, you're definitely looking to draft a quarterback at some point uh, in this draft class. Maybe not in the first round, but definitely with their second round pick. It's definitely worth looking at. Right, for sure. Okay. But then the other two guys. There's one that I want to get into a little bit. Sorry to sort of slice you off there. We'll we'll circle back. So, well, I'm going into one of the uh, one of the next guys. So I'm I'm sort of I'm I'm giving you a lob, just uh, slam it down. But so oh, I'm ready. As a little bit of a preface uh, here, Mitchell Trubisky going into free agency. He's generated a ton of buzz going in going into this. And I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked as to how much I've seen around him, given that when he played, he was bad. He was just un... Like, he was just bad. Outright. There there wasn't a lot of redeeming qualities about him. And to go into free agency, what I remember was a, uh, a Josh Allen endorsement saying that Josh Allen talking positively of Mitch. Yeah. He said something along the lines of this guy's put in some work and you're going to be excited on everything he's done. Something along those lines. I paraphrased and butchered it, but said something along those lines. I'm wondering if that's just the source of all the hype is just one Mitch, one, uh, sorry, one Josh Allen endorsement just raised his stock from like five mil a year to 15. I think what would kind of intrigue me the most is if he goes to the New York Giants and if he goes anywhere else, I don't think he'll, he'll probably flame out again. But the fact is if he goes to New York, the New York Giants, that shows that Brian Dable believes in what he saw in Mitch Trubisky this past year with the Buffalo Bills. And so if, Brian Dable is willing to offer Mitch Trubisky a contract and compete with Daniel Jones. I definitely think that shows that, you know, Josh Allen is right and that Mitch Trubisky probably might, did do a lot of work and did improve. I, I don't doubt that he put in the work. It's just the fact that if he'll be able to improve or not is what kind of makes me question because I think he's always been a hard worker. I think even when he, when he was in Chicago, it seemed like he was a hard worker. He just wasn't able to ever improve. And that could be because of the dysfunctions with Matt Nagy and Chicago and all that. But I definitely think that 
if he does end up in New York, which I would imagine he would want to go there if they offer him a contract, because I'm sure he would like to work with Brian Dable again, because Brian Dable's a great offensive mind, and hopefully looking to turn around. And the Giants have a lot of weapons, too, that you got to look out they for. They do. They do. Um, if they bring back Evan Ingram, especially, which is... I think I think they will be looking at Evan Ingram, but who knows? Another team might be able to offer more money, but that's something else. But I don't know. I've heard Pittsburgh thrown out there. Okay. I, I, I have one to float I, I out. If... I have one to float out. Now, because yeah, now up? that I'm looking at cap too, Giants are not sitting mm. pretty at negative 12. I don't think you need to. There's, yeah, but A, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is going to command a crazy contract. And B, I think the Giants have a lot of different ways to move around cap space um, that they're looking at. I and hope they do. There's always there's always ways to clear cap in this league, as we've seen with this whole void years and moving money around. Any team that is in the negative can magically create positive. And I don't think you need to pay Mitch Trubisky more than eight mil a year. Like that that's at the high end. If he makes if he gets eight mil a year, good for him. But I don't think it it'd be too unlikely. Right. But who who are you thinking that has the caps as of right now who are you thinking that has cap space that would want to get Mitch Trubisky? I want to hear your thoughts on the Commanders, which still the Washington. feels weird to say. And it will. Not the football team. Not the football team. And certainly not that other completely non-PC name that we will not be saying. But oh, Of course not. Don't want to get canceled episode one. Ideally right? not. We'll save that for episode two. We'll just unleash. But uh, I I like the Commanders for him. And they have more than enough cap space, and if they do get him on a bargain, they can build around him and at very least give him a chance. Because I don't think they're out of the woods with a rebuild. I don't think they're completely out of there yet. Even if they did get a decent quarterback through trade, like maybe they get like a Carson Wentz or something, I, I still don't think they'd be out of the woods. And Trubisky is probably one of the better options that is also relatively cheap. I, I hear what you're saying, especially the commanders are, you know, all these reports that are saying the commanders are looking. They've called, I've heard, every team. Yeah, who, it seems who haven't called, they called? Asking for the quarterback. Yeah, and so I definitely think that they are willing to take a swing at a quarterback. And so I could see them taking a swing at Mitch Trubisky to see if he does have the upside that caused him to be drafted over Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, but we don't have to get into that. I, I definitely could see that happening, and... I'm not sure how well he would do there, you know. Um, they got a couple good weapons. You know, they got, they got uh, Rivera there. So, and he's a defensive guy, which is the only reason that concerns me. Is I think if Josh Allen is going to work out, he's got to. I feel like he's got to go. Oh, not Josh Allen. Excuse me, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. If Mitchell Trubisky is going to work out, he's going to have to go to a team that I think has a brilliant offensive mind that can kind of coach him up a little bit more. No disrespect to John Rivera, right? John Rivera? Am I, am I, Ron. That, that sounds... Ron Rivera. I was, I was about to say, I was, John Rivera did not sound right. No disrespect to Ron Rivera at all, but he's a defensive guy. I think he's even on the hot seat a little bit too from the reports I've heard. And so I could see them signing much Trubisky, but I think him to the Giants to compete with Daniel Jones would be a lot better situation for Mitch Trubisky if he wants to work out. I could see that too. I, I can I can see but, that being a drawback for him anyway in terms of being able to go there. But if it, 
if he wants an instant starting job, I think he's got a lot better chance going to the Commanders versus the Giants. Because if he goes to the Giants, he will have to compete compete with Daniel Jones, who is a you know competent enough quarterback, you know starting caliber quarterback. Obviously, nothing super crazy high upside, but there definitely will be competition there. Obviously, it's going to be harder to beat out Daniel Jones versus Taylor Heineke. So if he's looking at that. Then I could see him wanting to go yeah. there. And I could see the commanders want to bring him in because of the upside. But okay, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a tough it's a tough one and two. But I think he will be going to the Giants. I lo- I like that. If if they are able to get him, if they're able to clear that, uh, if they're able to clear right. that cap, and I, I think they can. I think there's a couple players that are looking to either move or cut um, from the previous regime that uh, Brian Dable doesn't really necessarily want to pay that money to. So I definitely think the Giants Giants have a lot of ways to clear that cap space. Alrighty. Okay, we have one more quarterback and then we uh we'll go ahead and jump into the uh two big stories of today. So who is the uh off the top of my head I can't quite remember who the uh last Teddy player Two is. Gloves. Teddy Two Gloves for the love of And I I just wanted to talk about Teddy Two Gloves because <laughs> I think it would be interesting if he went over to Indianapolis. Okay. That is one I haven't thought of to, yet. Because I think, you know, Indianapolis, they have this great team. You know, they should have made the playoffs. But what happened? Carson Wentz played horribly through, I believe, three interceptions in that game, if Nightmare. I'm not mistaken. It was... and, and totally lost in the game against the Jaguars, who are picking number one overall this year. And so I think the Colts are going to look at that, especially the fact that they lost a first-round draft pick in that trade too. Yeah. That is just got to be got to be killer for the Colts because now that's like the 16th pick that they're missing out on, thanks to Carson Wentz. And so I think they're going to look at that. The big like, okay, we tried to take a swing at quarterback because Carson Wentz, you know, before his big injury was an MVP caliber quarterback. So I think they were hoping Frank Reich, you know, former offensive quarterback when Carson Wentz had that great year, he was hoping maybe he could re-unlock that. It just didn't work out. Even when he had this amazing run game with Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz still wasn't able to do what he was supposed to do. And just, and, and the thing is too, they were trying so hard to keep the hands out of Carson Wentz. Trying to keep the ball, excuse me, out of Carson Wentz's hand, which is if you're paying a quarterback, you know, if you're paying any quarterback, why are you paying him that money to have him touch the ball as least as he can? And so I think Teddy Bridgewater has the advantage because he's a lot more sound quarterback and isn't a quarterback. He might not win you some games, but he definitely won't be losing you any games because he's able to take care of the football and do mostly what he needs to what needs to be done during the play. That's exactly what he is. He He's a bridger. He's a bridge quarterback. So I, I can totally, I can see that, but I just want to real quick talk about how much Jonathan Taylor impacted the Colts. Oh my Lord. Oh, it was phenomenal. And I, I, I knew he would be that. I was, even though the Seahawks had just drafted Rashad Penny, I was pounding the table for them to draft Jonathan Taylor too, because he has, and it's seen amount of talent, and he hit that ceiling, and my God, was he good. Well, yeah, what was the stat that I saw? It was something along the lines of, like, at near the end of the season, it was, like, when Jonathan Taylor runs for over 100 yards, they're 9-0. and And when he doesn't, they're 0-7. And then I'm, I'm sure that, exactly you know, that because... stat continued. But sum that up, when he, when he played good, they won. 
When he didn't, they lost. And that is impactful out of a running back out of all positions. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people are saying that running backs aren't important in this day's game, and that's, you know, true. But clearly, if you see, you put this amazing offensive line in front of a running back, he is able to take over games. I mean, we see that even with Derrick Henry as well in that same division, that, you know, running back might be an undervalued position, but it is still a position that can help you win these games as when you have these uh, either young or just not very capable starting quarterbacks you're still able to make a push for the playoffs you know even if you do have a Carson Wentz who's playing the worst he's ever played and so I that's why I do think you know you keep you know that offense intact I don't think they have any crazy impending free agents in Indianapolis besides Kenny Moore I think might be a free agent but that's on his defense so we don't worry about that but you keep that offense intact you bring back Jonathan Taylor you put in Teddy Bridgewater who can you know run the play action just fine. He has a little bit of mobility, so he can, you know, do some play action boots and whatnot if that's where you're looking to go for, or whatever. You can run any offense that you really need to as long as it's run through Jonathan Taylor with Teddy really? Bridgewater he, making as, the least mistakes he He could can. do what Carson Wentz somehow failed to do and do it at a level that at very least keeps the Colts relevant, but they're not going to win a championship with Bridgewater. Yeah, that's the only issue, but the thing is, it seems there are no quarterbacks right now on the market. Obviously, it's hard to find these quarterbacks that can win these championships, so you bring in Teddy, you maybe draft a quarterback, and there you go, Teddy could bring your bridge quarterback, possibly get you to the playoffs, but you are limited when you're in the playoffs, as Teddy won't be winning you any additional games when you're in the playoffs. But I do think it would be a good fit for both parties, because Teddy will get... to play behind that nice offensive line with a great running game. So he'll be able to do about that might be the best situation he's ever been in offensively. Now the Broncos have a good starting core, but this offensive line and run game with the Colts is nothing like he's ever seen before. No. And so, I mean, he played with Adrian Peterson way back in the day, but that was when he was first drafted and people thought he could be the franchise back in Minnesota. But since then, he hasn't gotten a crazy amount of help around him. And so I think... Uh, being in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor would be good for Teddy Bridgewater to kind of show people, hey, I can at least start in this league, you know. Um, it probably end up will being a bridge quarterback, but who knows? Maybe he'll be just good enough where they can go on this crazy run. Sums, not sums likely, him up perfectly. Just good enough. Not complete, Not impossible. So, All right. now we enter the storylines. I think that's perfect. All right. So let's start with the uh, less volatile one that uh, I'm sure he's heartbroken that it didn't get uh, as much coverage as he wanted. Aaron Rodgers, for some reason, Ah, is staying in Green Bay on a four-year, $200 million deal, $153 of that being guaranteed. Which I did see a tweet saying that he hasn't officially signed that, but that he did commit. He will be back in Green Bay. Why? As with Devontae Adams as well. Well, well they just I mean, yeah, they just threw. I, uh, I should say that too. That they just threw the franchise tag on what was going to be the top free agent, uncontested Devontae Adams. 
either the best or second best in the NFL, whoever you want to put above him. All right, let's let's I, dissect this. Coop right now. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's confusing and it's not confusing because obviously you have this MVP type quarterback, you know, two time MVP MVP back in the last two years, but you also still have Jordan Love and. Obviously, he didn't play great when he got in against the Chiefs, but at some point, you got to put him in there. Well, my problem with it is less with less with the organization. Organization, obviously, if you have a chance to bring him back, you do. He's won, what, two straight now? Two. It, it was two right. straight MVPs. So, obviously, right. you're going to get on your hands and knees and beg. Aaron Rodgers has spit on the Packers at any given opportunity like nowadays he just he wears his beanie has his feet up and he just talks just mad pardon my french mad shit about the packers and they make him the highest paid player in nfl history imagine if anyone else did that just real quick yeah it it is a bit confusing like it seems like he's got some sort of weird death grip on the organization where he is able to talk all this crap and they'll still be like oh it's okay Rogers we'll still pay you all this money like I just I, I don't know like I said that's why it's confusing and it's not confusing it's not confusing because he's great but it is confusing because of all the other circumstances about like you said how he has just like taken a lot of dumps on the organization and I'm sure honestly too there's a lot of stuff that he said because honestly if I was in Rogers, you know if you look at his whole career there's a lot of stuff that the Packers have done that he shouldn't be happy with, you know, between there was like this four or five year gap where they signed like three total free agents. Like they are finally now just starting to sign free agents, draft well, put the put what they need to around him. But I mean, Matt LaFleur came in and the first thing Matt LaFleur did as a head coach was draft Jordan Love. So that was clearly his guy. I'm, it might not have been his first year, but it was either his first or second year coaching the Packers. And I just, you know, even it it was seeming like no matter what Aaron Rodgers does, he was going to get replaced by Jordan Love. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe Jordan Love just has been that bad in practice where you you, you can't play him and you hope you can trade him off for a second round pick at this right. point. Well, that's what the rumor was. The rumor was that he was just throwing ducks in practice, that he couldn't hit wide open guys. And... You know, when you have that, and again, when you have an MVP quarterback, obviously, even though you spent that pick, which is one of the biggest, just why picks, one of the biggest bust picks in the league. Oh yeah, it not not looking great, not looking any type of good. The, but to pay him that, to pay him that much, and he's what? How how old is he now? I want to check that too. 39 I think is he's got to be at least close at least 38 I believe he's 39 yeah okay so he is scroll down scroll down he's 38 signed him to four years he'll be 42 when the when the if this is the contract or if the contract actually looks anything like this he'll be 42 by the time it's up so it would be cool to see him retire in Green Bay but again, he hasn't let up on them at all. So if the guy that has been just insulting your organization on every 
podcast he goes on to, on every show he goes on to, you know, taking which he shouldn't be doing in the first place. No. You know, like to do all the social media stuff. Like typically, as a quarterback, you want to kind of lay low. No, he's he loves loves taking the front seat. How bad do you think Jordan Love has to be? That they're willing to not only pay him to make him the highest paid ever. Well, obviously he's going to be looking to be the highest paid ever because he's like, hey, I just went to MVPs. I'm clearly the best quarterback in the league, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers has uh, a little bit of an ego. So, of course, he's going to want to be the highest paid to kind of show everyone that he is the best. But I think the main thing is, is you draft Jordan Love and... So you, let's say this past offseason you do trade Aaron Rodgers away. Uh, say, you know, he does end up being dealt to Denver before Russ does. You know, you start Jordan Love week one, and he is just a dumpster fire. That is the easiest way to lose your job in the NFL. Oh, yeah, for sure. As, as a head coach. Honestly, if I'm Jordan Love, if it really is as bad as, you know, everyone has said, I might take one more year in Green Bay. Take one more year, really analyze Rodgers, like focus strictly on my development. Second next for agency starts, I'm asking for a trade. I think by next year, or maybe even before, he's going to demand a trade, and I I hope he does for his own sake. I, I hear what you're saying, but my only cons- like The thing is, the quarterbacks in this year's draft aren't anything insanely special. You know, we it's we're not going to see three quarterbacks taken with the first three picks like we saw last year. No. And so I think Jordan loves I I do agree that he might need another year, but the thing is uh, for the Packers sake at least, uh you you might want to try to trade away Jordan Love now so that way like, you know there's nothing he can do against it, but you know a lot of these teams might be looking at the quarterbacks available in the draft. They might be thinking to themselves there's no one we really like, and so you know if you're. I think this is going to be the the highest selling point you'll be able to sell Jordan Love is this off season because I think after this off season, you know next off season you're probably not going to get more than a third from, especially if there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this next uh, in the 2024 2023 yep. excuse me NFL draft, and so it's just kind of tough because, you know I think Jordan Love would want to stay and learn from Aaron Rodgers, but he just doesn't have that choice, and I think if you are the Packers, you might have to be looking to trade away. But is anyone going to trade for him, though? That's the thing, too. That is. He might be worth a second-round pick, but, you know, they might be looking for a second-round pick, but who's going to give it to him? Because it seems like a lot of people know that he hasn't been doing great in practice. So, obviously, no one's really seen that except for the people in the front office of Green Bay. And and the thing is, you got to think about, too, uh, if Jordan Love was this spectacular great quarterback that was just sitting behind Aaron Rodgers you'd think Nathaniel Hackett would try to make a play to get Jordan Love because you know new coach of the Denver Broncos obviously before Russ needed a quarterback and right. if Rodgers wasn't available he should he should have been calling the Packers trying to get Jordan Love but clearly he didn't he wanted to go a different route and obviously that could just be because he was able to get Russell Wilson and if you're able to get Russell Wilson get Russell Wilson if you're able to get him Jordan but, Love no longer exists he's not even a person on earth just Gone out 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 of sight, out of mind. Yeah, but if Jordan Love was the type of quarterback that would would have been able to rival Aaron Rodgers, you would think that Nathaniel Hackett would have been calling Packers. And so, who knows? We'll see. Maybe 
I could see the Commanders possibly maybe trying to get Jordan Love if they're not able to get anyone maybe. else. Actually, that's a possibility. Speaking of which, uh, this was just sent out ten minutes ago. Per Jordan Schultz, Commanders have taken a quote long look at free agent quarterback Jameis Winston. J Boo. J Boo. J Boo. Throwing to Scary Terry. That is a sentence that. I never thought I would ever say. That would be, I don't know, like, it just gives me, for I, I don't know why, but it just gives me flashbacks to Dwayne Haskins, because I feel like they're very they similar are. athletically. They like, are. Jameis has a better arm and maybe a little bit better mobility, but they're both more, tend to be pocket-passing quarterbacks that make a lot of mistakes, you know? And so, I don't know. I think, yeah, they might be taking a long look at him, It'd be interesting if they signed him. Like I said, I think the commanders are looking for a quarterback that has a high upside. So I could see them looking at Jameis Winston. They look at his arm and they say, you know, he did play better last year. So they could be looking, oh, maybe we can unlock Jameis Winston. But that would be an interesting fit. It would be. It would be for sure. I I like it, especially, I don't know. I, I'm a pretty big fan personally of Logan Thomas. Oh yeah, look like you just gotta respect Logan, Logan Thomas's grind. You know, he came in as a quarterback, you know, didn't realize things wouldn't work out and switched to tight end and he has been pretty good. So I, I definitely agree there. I think that offense is built pretty well. I think they might they should be looking to add another running back. Because uh, got oh actually no, they have uh Gibson, that's right. Right. Um so or right, is it Gibson or is it who am I who am I thinking? Who's the back in Watch. I know they have J.D. McKissick, but who's the – Yeah, it's a, name. is it Antonio Gibson? Antonio Gibson. Yeah, yes, okay. it is Gibson. Okay, yeah. that's right. I knew okay. it was Gibson. I just his, – his first name was uh, escaping me there. Yeah, but I think, you know, add Jameis Winston, maybe throw in another, like, number two receiver or number three receiver. To make it work. Uh, make it work. It, it is possible. Yeah. Like, because Terry McLaurin is a great uh, receiver. We've seen him catch balls from no one good so far. So, but I don't know. My main concern is similarly, like with the Colts, with Teddy Bridgewater's, they might be looking. I I don't know. Do they want a potential swing at quarterback and potential swing at hit, or are they going to go with safe route like they kind of did with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, where they just wanted to okay, let's sign an old veteran that can lead our team and do good enough because we'll get carried by our defense. So are they looking to still get carried by their defense and then have a just average mistake-free quarterback? Or are they looking to take a big swing and potentially rely, not necessarily rely on that offense, but have an offense that can do good enough to help win you some games? And I feel like no team wants to completely rely on their defense. You know, most teams are thinking of going in with a – at least a good amount of balance. It's more you're in season and you end up having to. So I think right. that they can plan around Jameis into having a uh, having a balance there and really making something happen. Because it's and you, you know if they if they like Jameis, who are we to say that they shouldn't go for it? You know if they're they like him, they're going to get him anyway. No. And pretty much right now, you are competing with the uh, you're competing with the Cowboys. For uh, for the division because yeah. they're they're holding it right yeah. now. The Eagles and the Giants, 
Like, well, Giants might be kind of sneaky next year. If they have, da- if they keep Daniel Jones, they won't be. We'll see. I, you know, we'll we'll get into our predictions later on down we the will. road. But we'll we'll see about the Giants what they decide to do this offseason. Right. But big news number yeah, two. Yeah, let's 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 wrap let's wrap let's, this and uh, put this very very ugly bow on top of this uh, on top of this pilot here. You, I'll I'll let you go ahead yeah. and uh, read off all the so, uh, pieces to this here. So this is a very it's a very difficult day to be a Seahawks fan because two, honestly, two of the greatest players to probably play for the Seahawks, you know, in the uh, past 20 Bobby years, Wagner, yeah, Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson have officially exited the building. Uh, they were drafted, you know, they came into the building the same day and now they exit the same day. Bob Wagner was released and Russell Wilson was traded to the Denver Broncos for an, an interesting haul. We got Drew Locke. Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two firsts, two seconds, and a fifth-round pick for Russell Wilson and an extra fourth-round pick. Yeah, I there. think we need to talk about that fourth-round pick. I think that that was the that was the selling point. That was yeah. They were the, like, no, I don't the know. Definitely wouldn't have because they weren't they weren't even considering that trade without that fourth-round no, pick. Four. Well, I mean, that's the only pick for the Hawks that matters. That's fourth and down is where they made half of their team. So. But yeah, so that does scare me a little bit. We're getting some good draft capital, but will we use it right? I can't say I'm so sure, but I can say that I'm surprised that we only were able to two first round picks. Those were I know we get uh, the number 40th overall pick this year, so that's a pretty high pick. But man, I just cannot believe that we did not get three first round draft picks at least. Yeah, I'm. What I'm really. Uh... Yeah, not sold on is why the Hawks want to choose to rebuild now. I like the idea of getting rid of that, uh, getting rid of the cap space there, but you're losing out on a historic Hall of Fame quarterback. Let's, let's, yeah, not dance around it. Hall of Fame quarterback for a project that may or may not pan out. And, Historically, as you know, low maturity, low self confidence. One part that I did like, I did like Noah Fant, mainly because I I, I yeah, agree with that too. Not only because of you know his on field play, which is fantastic, but Gerald Everett is also leaving in free agency. So the second he leaves, you immediately fill that hole with someone that's already pretty much proven themselves. Yeah, and honestly, like Noah Fant is just can do everything Gerald Everett can do, and can do it better. Honestly, you know, can all do it better, athletic. and he can block. Which, let's be honest, yeah, Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett, he didn't line up. Nope. He didn't line up on the nope. line. Not the best road blocker. So that is the one saving grace from this trade is you get a young. I think he's 24 right now. Will be turning 25 uh, next season. So you get a young, and I think he's been in the NFL for I believe three seasons now, and he's had over 600 yards the last two seasons and so that's you know pretty impressive considering his quarterback play right. and so that is something that I'm excited for especially to see him in the offense that they're going to run hopefully uh, we saw Shane Waldron's offense a little bit I feel like Pete Carroll kind of took over that offense a little bit and kind of made it he more did. basic but uh, I think we will see a lot more of 
lot more creative offensive play calling next year, and I think Noah Fant will be a big part of that because I think, you know, a big part of that, uh, you know, West Coast zone run offense, or not, not necessarily West Coast, but the wide zone offense that uh, sweeping the league now, the Packers, uh, obviously it's a lot of people like to coin uh, Sean McVay for almost implementing that offense. Or and Kyle Shanahan as well. So, um, and of course Shane Waldron, a disciple of uh, Sean McVay, back in Los Angeles. So, and tight ends are very important in that offense because there's a lot of rollout and just a quick dump off to the tight end. We see, uh, you know, we saw uh, Higby, Higby do that yep. a lot last year, and even and even in the playoffs when Higby was injured, they had oh, I can't remember the backup tight end's name, but he actually got in there a lot. Yep, he did um, as a because he's because he's just an athletic, uh, looked like a little smaller guy for tight end, but he was athletic enough where they were able to run screens with him, a little dump off. So I think having that super athletic tight end that could catch the ball, break some tackles, uh, is going to be very important to this offense. So I think that was important for sure. And then another another piece is Shelby Harris is, was an interesting addition into that trade. Oh, he. He was. I was, yeah, looking at sort of uh, like little clips, see what see what he's able to do. He brings a little bit more dynamic. Uh, what's the the adjective for dynamic or dyna- I guess dynamic juice. Juice. Yes, of course. How how could I forget? But he he brings a little he brings a little juice to that uh to that pass rush, which uh, Carlos Dunlap. I I love watching Carlos Dunlap like pass rush. It's it's so technical. It's so just you can tell that he's trained the hell out of his moves. And Shelby Harris, I think he he bolsters that a good amount. And with Puna Ford, you know, being the dominant dominant force inside that he is, I I like what they're what they're uh, shaping in uh, Seattle right now. But and I I told you this. Uh, I want to say it was like I can't remember when. I I think I talked to you about this. But uh, my excitement for uh, this past year, rookie linebacker Jordan Brooks. My absolute just amazement at his play. Second year. And I believe I said something about that on. I think they could build around Jordan Brooks as. A, uh, as the centerpiece of that defense. And it looks like with uh, cutting Bobby, not only do they get rid of a lot of cap space to uh, develop the team, I think they take that step towards developing around him, given that he... Oh. I think he set a record for the Seahawks for uh, tackles in a season. Or he, he did something... I believe he did, Yeah, he yes. did something crazy. He just had an insane amount of tackles. And obviously Bobby, being mm-hmm. as old as he is, he lost a step. I honestly am not too mad about the uh, cutting of Bobby Wagner. Yeah, uh, as much as it kills me because I do love Bobby Wagner, got my Bobby Wagner jersey. Oh, who but doesn't? I think it was time. He was making like 19 mil a year, I think, would have been his cap hit. And so I think we we're able to save 16 by cutting yeah. him, which, you know, is is a big deal. That is 16 mil is a lot that you can spend in free agency. So let's hope that Pete actually uses that money. Um, and I do agree. I think you're you're able to cut 
Bobby Wagner because of your confidence in Jordan Brooks. But not only Jordan Brooks, you got Cody Barton there as well. You do. He's shown some nice things as a, as a good number two linebacker. So you're going from K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner to now this new Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. And also, me being a UW fan, I also got to lump in Ben Burkirvin in there because although he was injured this full past season, a guy injured in the preseason. Wasn't that an ACL? He has... I think. Yeah, it was it was it was something bad. I think I believe it, he was just it was on kickoff during a preseason game, went down. Really painful to see, just because I was excited to see what he could do there. Right. But it's going to open the door for him to get in there and compete. You know, I, I think Brooks will probably be the day one starter um, for Nick for nickel packages. It'll most likely be uh, I put money that it's going to be uh, Barton and Brooks out there. But I think. Um, I think Ben Burkirvin could give Cody Barton a run for his money at that linebacker position. He could. And that, uh, barring that they don't bring anyone else in, because I did see a little bit of buzz today, and not to jump back into free agency predictions, this is just uh, a little bit of buzz around uh, Hassan Reddick. Is, uh, t- he's going to be testing free agency. and Or at very least, I saw... And I, I hate these because people treat them like they are like complete confirmers. But someone found on his liked tweets a tweet of someone saying that he needs to get out of Carolina. And he liked it. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And yeah. Oh, which definitely means he's leaving. There's no way There's no way he's coming back. He liked the tweet? Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah obviously that's, that's you know written in stone. That's... 100% confirmation that there's there's no way he comes back. But in the instance that he goes to the Seahawks, I I would love that too. But you know, C- Cody uh, Barton great, but... they already have, like you were saying, they already have already fully integrated with the system and showed a lot of promise last year. He's easily a guy they could run with. Yeah, and my main concern is, you know how Pete has his guys and he loves his guys. And I think Cody Barton is one of Pete's guys. So I feel like it'd be hard to have him replace, even if you do bring in someone. But And I think with Hassan Reddick, my only concern is that he's a hybrid linebacker slash pass rusher. And we already kind of have that with Daryl Taylor um, trying to play that Bruce Irvin role in that defense. Um, obviously, But the defense is going to be switched up this year. Clint Hurt uh, looking to switch things up on the defense. Hopefully bring in a star pass rusher as well. So we'll see how that goes. But Hopefully. Yeah, I definitely do think I definitely think that the duo of Barton and Brooks, I, I that's not a duo I'm mad at. Let's say I love Bobby. I think it is Cody Barton's time to step up and fill obviously Brooks is more filling the Bobby role, but then uh Barton will kind of fill that more KJ Wright uh role that, you know, another Seahawks legend that you know, never got the credit he deserved. Never did. But I I think uh this is not a bad duo that they got in their uh, middle of the front of the defense there. Not at all. So, and I have, but, oh, go, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just gonna circle back to Russell Wilson if you have. Anything oh left yeah, to I have. Uh, well, no, I have a uh, one, one last thing, one last uh, contribution here to say about uh, just this, the whole trade of Russell Wilson mm-hmm. in its entirety. It's very obvious that the Seahawks want to go for a full blown rebuild. 
because one thing I sort of felt while we were talking about, like, you know, Noah Fant and Shelby Harris. Oh, Drew Locke. He has two redeemable qualities. Generally, uh, when you're on either end of a trade in any sports league, the goal of the trade should not be to count your blessings and to sort of pick it apart for, like, what's good. Like, you should have a level of excitement, like something like, oh, like he, he'll he fit really well with, with this guy and, you know, oh, like Drew Locke and uh, DK will have this great chemistry. I think that this was just the Seahawks telling the world we're restarting. We had a great run with Wilson. We couldn't get to the play. We couldn't get a, uh, another deep run, the playoffs. We couldn't make it back to the Super Bowl. We're, we're starting over because it's so clear to anyone that follows the league, like fairly closely that they lost and they lost that trade badly. Yeah, I, I agree. As of right now, it definitely looks like they lost. Who knows? I mean, obviously, I think in the long run, the Broncos will win that trade. But you never know. Uh, I heard the main reason that we were looking to move Russ is because Russ still wants to get a huge contract in the future. He wants to make the same money as Mahomes is. And so the Seahawks were just not willing to pay him that mu- amount of money. And so they just wanted to move on from him now and just take what you can get from him. And so I do think that is important to look at as especially too is extremely hard to win a Super Bowl when you're paying a quarterback that type of money um and so it is that's that's why I'm thinking the Chiefs are going to start uh struggling a little bit here in the uh in the years to come because it'll definitely be hard for the Chiefs especially now that they franchise tag Orlando Brown they're gonna have not much money to work with no and you're gonna have to pay you know Tyree Kill and Kelsey they're they're gonna come back around looking for uh you know their check and sorry we're paying Pat sixty mil this year. That's that's not gonna pan out so well I I don't think. And as a Chargers fan, you know I'm I'm a little bit fingers crossed if uh if they and Put a smile on your face yeah I'm I'm you know the day that I see uh, uh Chiefs will be letting Tyree kill test free agency I I'm, I'm taking work off that day. You know, that, that LeBron post, I can't believe this is my life. <laughs> Just got got to raise a glass on that day. Oh, Man, yeah. That will be interesting. But uh, circling back to Russ, I think it's it's, pos- it's possible that the CX might not be rebuilding and trying to retool. Do I think it's likely and do I think that will be super great? Most likely we won't. We'll probably end up finishing 6-10. and 10. Five and whatever, five and eleven, whatever. Six and eleven. Six and eleven, I guess now. So not used to the extra game in there. No one but, is. I don't know. It is. It is possible. I think also, there's got to be one of these quarterbacks in the draft class that John Snyder and Pete Carroll fell in love with, because I don't think any quarterback is worth taking at number nine overall. But I do think there are a good amount of quarterbacks that you can take at that number forty overall pick that could come in and potentially hopefully not compete for a starting spot, you know, if we got Mariota and Drew Locke in there potentially, but it is possible that I could see Carson Strong or Desmond Ritter coming in and maybe taking some time to develop and then hopefully starting. And we'll see how that turns out. I think there's a lot of, there's no high-end talent, so it's possible that the CX could draft 
uh, Malik Wilson, Malik Willis, excuse me, yeah. Malik Willis at number nine. I don't know if I buy it too much, if I would, but you know, it's a Seahawks. You love to right, reach, and that's so. that's why earlier I brought up the uh, the rebuild and why I think that mm. it, it's also it would be good for them because the thing that's been the problem with the Seahawks for a couple of years now is you know they have they have a bunch of good players but not a good team. And this now that Wilson, who commanded all the attention on the team, is gone, you now have a chance to use these high picks and build a better base for whoever your next uh, whoever next star is going to be, whoever your next franchise quarterback is. Yeah, you'd hope so. Uh, it'd be especially nice if we had that number ten overall pick as well. But oh, it would. Guy have Jamal Adams, I guess. Yeah, would be. But I guess only time will tell to see what the Seahawks can do because if the Seahawks come out, spend a bunch of money in free agency, get a quarterback that they like, whether that be Drew Locke, Mariota, Ritter, Strong, uh, Sam Howell, you know, whoever that may be, it is possible that they could look to retool and who knows, maybe be back. I don't see it to be very likely, but you never know. I'm always going to be optimistic you know, as as any delusional fan will be. Right, you, you don't really have much of a choice. My Hawks. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Alright. I think we did it. I think I think that's about it. We covered a lot of stuff that we wanted to cover. Alright. Well, this has been the pilot episode of Second and Long. Uh, I think we're going to plan on uh, next Wednesday for our next release. Yeah, I, I believe we should be able to get that to work. Yeah, next so Wednesday, Thursday. It'll it'll be within around there. It'll be uh, next week. Yeah, I believe free agency opens. Is it next, it is next Wednesday that free agency opens? Yes, so, it is. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get a shorter episode out before then, but then also an episode out after then. Just depending on news that breaks, anything crazy happens, we'll definitely just be – we'll try to keep it on Wednesdays, but for this – week it's going to be difficult with free agency that it will be all right but it's been a great show joe that it has happy to be here all right i'm joe my name is gabe and we are signing off and we hope to see you next time